Section 12 of The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 1, by Robert Burton. Section 12. Democritus, Junior, to the Reader. Part 10. I could repeat many such particular grievances, which must disturb a body politic. To shut up all in brief, where good government is, prudent and wise princes, there all things thrive and prosper, peace and happiness is in that land. Where it is otherwise, all things are ugly to behold, incult, barbarous, uncivil, a paradise is turned to a wilderness. This island, amongst the rest, our next neighbours, the French and Germans, may be a sufficient witness, that in a short time, by that prudent policy of the Romans, was brought from barbarism. See but what Caesar reports of us, and Tacitus, of those old Germans. They were once as uncivil as they in Virginia. Yet, by planting of colonies and good laws, they became, from barbarous outlaws, to be full of rich and populous cities, as now they are, and most flourishing kingdoms. Even so might Virginia and those wild Irish have been civilised long since, if that order had been heretofore taken, which now begins, of planting colonies, etc. I have read a discourse, printed anno 1612, discovering the true causes why Ireland was never entirely subdued, or brought under obedience to the crown of England, until the beginning of His Majesty's happy reign. Yet, if his reasons were thoroughly scanned by a judicious politician, I am afraid he would not altogether be approved, but that it would turn to the dishonour of our nation, to suffer it to lie so long waste. Yea, and if some travellers should see, to come nearer home, those rich united provinces of Holland, Zealand, etc., over against us, those neat cities and populous towns, full of most industrious artificers, so much land recovered from the sea, and so painfully preserved by those artificial inventions, so wonderfully approved as that of Bempster in Holland, ut nihil huic par aut simile invenias in toto orbe, saith Bertius the geographer, all the world cannot match it, so many navigable channels from place to place, made by men's hands, etc., and on the other side so many thousand acres of our fens lie drowned, our cities thin, and those vile, poor, and ugly to behold in respect of theirs, our trades decayed, our still-running rivers stopped, and that beneficial use of transportation wholly neglected, so many havens void of ships and towns, so many parks and forests for pleasure, barren heaths, so many villages depopulated, etc. I think sure he would find some fault. I may not deny, but that this our nation of ours, doth bene audire apud exteros, is a most noble, a most flourishing kingdom, by common consent of all geographers, historians, politicians. Tis unica velut arx and which Quintius in Livy said of the inhabitants of Peloponnesus, may be well applied to us. We are testudines testa sua inclusi, like so many tortoises in our shells, safely defended by an angry sea, 
as a wall on all sides. Our island hath many such honourable eulogiums, and as a learned countryman of ours right well hath it, ever since the Normans first coming into England, this country, both for military matters and all other of civility, hath been paralleled with the most flourishing kingdoms of Europe and our Christian world, a blessed, a rich country, and one of the fortunate isles and for some things preferred before other countries for expert seamen our laborious discoveries art of navigation true merchants they carry the bell away from all other nations even the portugals and hollanders themselves without all fear saith boterus furrowing the ocean winter and summer and two of their captains with no less valour than fortune have sailed around the world we have besides many particular blessings which our neighbours want the gospel truly preached church discipline established long peace and quietness free from exactions foreign fears invasions domestical seditions well manured fortified by art and nature and now most happy in that fortunate union of england and scotland which our forefathers have laboured to effect and desired to see but in which we excel all others, a wise, learned, religious king, another Numa, a second Augustus, a true Josiah, most worthy senators, a learned clergy, an obedient commonalty, etc. Yet amongst many roses some thistles grow, some bad weeds and enormities, which much disturb the peace of this body politic, eclipse the honour and glory of it fit to be rooted out and with all speed to be reformed the first is idleness by reason of which we have many swarms of rogues and beggars thieves drunkards and discontented persons whom lycurgus in plutarch calls morbos republicae the boils of the commonwealth many poor people in all our towns civitates ignobiles as polydor calls them base-built cities inglorious poor small rare in sight ruinous and thin of inhabitants our land is fertile we may not deny full of all good things and why doth it not then abound with cities as well as italy france germany and low countries because their policy hath been otherwise and we are not so thrifty circumspect industrious idleness is the malus genius of our nation for as Boterus justly argues fertility of a country is not enough except art and industry be joined unto it according to aristotle riches are either natural or artificial natural are good land fair mines etc artificial are manufactures coins etc many kingdoms are fertile but thin of inhabitants as that duchy of piedmont in italy which leander albertus so much magnifies for corn wine fruits etc yet nothing near so populous as those which are more barren england saith he london only excepted hath never a populous city and yet a fruitful country i find forty-six cities and walled towns in alsatia a small province in germany fifty castles an infinite number of villages no ground idle no not rocky places or tops of hills are untilled as munster informeth us in greischgea a small territory on the necker twenty-four italian miles over i read of twenty walled towns 
innumerable villages, each one containing a hundred and fifty houses most part, besides castles and noblemen's palaces. I observe in Thuringia, in Dutchland, twelve miles over by their scale, twelve counties, and in them one hundred and forty-four cities, two thousand villages, one hundred and forty-four towns, two hundred and fifty castles, in Bavaria thirty-four cities, forty-six towns, etc. Portugalia in Teramnis, a small plot of ground, hath one thousand four hundred and sixty parishes, one hundred and thirty monasteries, two hundred bridges, Malta, a barren island, yields twenty thousand inhabitants. But of all the rest, I admire Luis Guicciardine's relations of the low countries. Holland hath twenty-six cities, four hundred great villages, Zeeland ten cities, one hundred and two parishes, Brabant twenty-six cities, one hundred and two parishes, Flanders, twenty-eight cities, ninety towns, one thousand one hundred and fifty-four villages, besides abbeys, castles, etc. The low countries generally have three cities at least for one of ours, and those far more populous and rich. And what is the cause but their industry and excellency in all manner of trades? Their commerce, which is maintained by a multitude of tradesmen, so many excellent channels made by art and opportune havens, to which they build their cities, all which we have in like measure, or at least may have, but their chiefest lodestone, which draws all manner of commerce and merchandise, which maintains their present estate, is not fertility of soil, but industry that enricheth them. The gold mines of Peru or Nova Hispania may not compare with them. They have neither gold nor silver of their own, wine nor oil, or scarce any corn growing in those united provinces, little or no wood, tin, lead, iron, silk, wool, any stuff almost, or metal. And yet Hungary, Transylvania, that brag of their mines, fertile England, cannot compare with them. I dare boldly say that neither France, Tarentum, Apulia, Lombardy, or any part of Italy, Valencia in Spain, or that pleasant Andalusia, with their excellent fruits, wine, and oil, no, not any part of Europe is so flourishing, so rich, so populous, so full of good ships, of well-built cities, so abounding with all things necessary for the use of man. "'Tis our Indies, an epitome of China, and all by reason of their industry, good policy, and commerce. Industry is a lodestone to draw all good things. That alone makes countries flourish, cities populous, and will enforce by reason of much manure, which necessarily follows, a barren soil to be fertile and good, as sheep, saith Dion, mend a bad pasture.' Tell me, politicians, why is that fruitful Palestina, noble Greece, Egypt, Asia Minor, so much decayed, and, mere carcasses now, fallen from what they were? The ground is the same, but the government is altered, the people are grown slothful, idle, their good husbandry, policy, and industry is decayed. Non fatigata aut effeta humus as Columella well informs Silvinus, sed nostra fit inertia, etc. 
may a man believe that which aristotle in his politics pausanias stephanus sophianus gerbelius relate of old greece i find heretofore seventy cities in epirus overthrown by paulus aemilius a goodly province in times past now left desolate of good towns and almost inhabitants sixty-two cities in macedonia in strabo's time i find thirty in laconia but now scarce so many villages saith gerbelius if any man from mount taegetus should view the country round about and see tot delicias tot urbes per peloponnesum dispersas so many delicate and brave built cities with such cost and exquisite cunning so neatly set out in peloponnesus he should perceive them now ruinous and overthrown burnt waste desolate and laid level with the ground incredibile dictu etc and as he laments quis talia fando temperet a lacrimis quis tam durus aut ferius so he prosecutes it who is he that can sufficiently condole and commiserate these ruins where are those four thousand cities of egypt those one hundred cities in crete are they now come to two what saith pliny and aelian of old italy there were in former ages one thousand one hundred and sixty-six cities blondus and machiavel both grant them now nothing near so populous and full of good towns as in the time of augustus for now leander albertus can find but three hundred at most and if we may give credit to livy not then so strong and puissant as of old they mustered seventy legions in former times which now the known world will scarce yield alexander built seventy cities in a short space for his part our sultans and turks demolish twice as many and leave all desolate many will not believe that our island of great britain is now more populous than ever it was yet let them read bede leland and others they shall find it most flourished in the saxon heptarchy and in the conqueror's time was far better inhabited than at this present see that doomsday book and show me those thousands of parishes which are now decayed cities ruined villages depopulated etc the lesser the territory is commonly the richer it is parvus sed bene cultus ager as those athenian lacedaemonian arcadian aelian sicyonian messenian etc commonwealths of greece make ample proof as those imperial cities and free states of germany may witness those cantons of switzers reti grisons walloons territories of tuscany luke and senes of old piedmont mantua venice in italy ragusa etc that prince therefore as boterus adviseth that will have a rich country and fair cities let him get good trades privileges painful inhabitants artificers and suffer no rude matter unwrought as tin iron wool lead etc to be transported out of his country a thing in part seriously attempted amongst us, but not effected. And because industry of men and multitude of trade so much avails to the ornament and enriching of a kingdom, those ancient Massilians would admit no man into their city that had not brought some trade. 
Selim, the first Turkish emperor, procured a thousand good artificers to be brought from Tauris to Constantinople. The Polanders, indented with Henry, Duke of Anjou, their new chosen king, to bring with him an hundred families of artificers into Poland. James I in Scotland, as Buchanan writes, sent for the best artificers he could get in Europe, and gave them great rewards to teach his subjects their several trades. Edward III, our most renowned king, to his eternal memory, brought clothing first into this island, transporting some families of artificers from Gaunt hither. How many goodly cities could I reckon up that thrive wholly by trade, where thousands of inhabitants live singular well by their fingers' ends, as Florence in Italy by making cloth of gold, Great Milan by silk, and all curious works, Arras in Artois by those fair hangings, many cities in Spain, many in France, Germany, have none other maintenance, especially those within the land. Mecca, in Arabia Petria, stands in a most unfruitful country, that wants water, amongst the rocks, as Vertomanus describes it, and yet it is a most elegant and pleasant city, by reason of the traffic of the east and west. Ormus, in Persia, is a most famous mart-town, hath naught else but the opportunity of the haven to make it flourish. Corinth, a noble city, Lumen Graeciae, Tully calls it, the eye of Greece, by reason of Kenkrias and Lecheus, those excellent ports, drew all that traffic of the Ionian and Aegean seas to it. And yet the country about it was curva et superciliosa, as Strabo terms it, rugged and harsh. We may say the same of Athens, Actium, Thebes, Sparta, and most of those towns in Greece, Nuremberg in Germany is situated in a most barren soil, yet a noble imperial city. By the sole industry of artificers and cunning trades, they draw the riches of most countries to them, so expert in manufactures, that, as Sallust long since gave out of the like, sedem animae in extremis digitis habent, their soul or intellectus agens, was placed in their fingers' end. And so we may say of Basil, Spire, Cambrai, Frankfurt, etc. It is almost incredible to speak what some write of Mexico and the cities adjoining it. No place in the world at their first discovery more populous. Riccius the Jesuit, and some others, relate of the industry of the Chinese, most populous countries, not a beggar or an idle person to be seen, and how by that means they prosper and flourish. We have the same means, able bodies, pliant wits, matter of all sorts, wool, flax, iron, tin, lead, wood, etc., many excellent subjects to work upon, only industry is wanting. We send our best commodities beyond the seas, which they make good use of to their necessities, set themselves a work about, and severally improve, sending the same to us back at dear rates, or else make toys and baubles of the tales of them, which they sell to us again, at as great a reckoning as the whole. In most of our cities, some few excepted, like Spanish loiterers, we live wholly by tippling inns and alehouses. 
malting are their best ploughs, their greatest traffic to sell ale. Meteran and some others object to us that we are no whit so industrious as the Hollanders. Manual trades, saith he, which are more curious or troublesome, are wholly exercised by strangers. They dwell in a sea full of fish, but they are so idle they will not catch so much as shall serve their own turns, but buy it of their neighbours. Tush! Mare liberum! They fish under our noses, and sell it to us, when they have done, at their own prices. Pudet haec opprobria nobis, et dici potuisse, et non potuisse refelli. I am ashamed to hear this objected by strangers, and know not how to answer it. Amongst our towns there is only London that bears the face of a city, Epitome Britanniae, a famous emporium, second to none beyond seas, a noble mart, but sola crescit de crescentibus aliis, and yet, in my slender judgment, defective in many things. The rest, some few excepted, are in mean estate, ruinous most part, poor and full of beggars, by reason of their decayed trades, neglected or bad policy, idleness of their inhabitants, riot, which hath rather beg or loiter, and be ready to starve than work. I cannot deny but that something may be said in defence of our cities, that they are not so fair built. For the sole magnificence of this kingdom concerning buildings hath been of old in those Norman castles and religious houses, so rich, thick-sighted, populous, as in some other countries, besides the reason Cardin gives, de subtilitate rerum, Liber undecim. We want wine and oil, their two harvests. We dwell in a colder air, and for that cause we must a little more liberally feed of flesh, as all northern countries do. Our provisions will not therefore extend to the maintenance of so many. Yet, notwithstanding, we have matter of all sorts, an open sea for traffic, as well as the rest, goodly havens. And how can we excuse our negligence, our riot, drunkenness, etc., and such enormities that follow it? We have excellent laws enacted, you will say, severe statutes, houses of correction, etc., to small purpose, it seems. It is not houses will serve, but cities of correction. Our trades generally ought to be reformed, wants supplied. In other countries they have the same grievances, I confess, but that doth not excuse us. Wants, defects, enormities, idle drones, tumults, discords, contention, lawsuits, many laws made against them to repress those innumerable brawls and lawsuits, excess in apparel, diet, decay of tillage, depopulations, especially against rogues, beggars, Egyptian vagabonds, so termed at least, which have swarmed all over Germany, France, Italy, Poland, as you may read in Munster, Crantius, and Aventinus, as those Tartars and Arabians at this day do in eastern countries. Yet such has been the iniquity of all ages, as it seems to small purpose, Nemo in nostra civitate mendicus esto, saith Plato, he will have them purged from a commonwealth, as a bad humour from the body, that are like so many ulcers and boils, and must be cured before the melancholy body can be eased. 
what Carolus Magnus, the Chinese, the Spaniards, the Duke of Saxony, and many other states have decreed in this case, read Arniseus, Poterus, Osorius de Rubus. When a country is overstocked with people, as a pasture is oft overlaid with cattle, they had wont in former times to disburden themselves by sending out colonies, or by wars, as those old Romans, or by employing them at home about some public buildings, as bridges, roadways, for which those Romans were famous in this island, as Augustus Caesar did in Rome, the Spaniards in their Indian mines, as at Potosi in Peru, where some thirty thousand men are still at work, six thousand furnaces ever boiling, etc., aqueducts, bridges, havens, those stupend works of Trajan, Claudius, at Ostium, Diocletiani Terma, Fucinus Lacus, that Piraeum in Athens, made by Themistocles, amphitheatrums of curious marble, as at Verona, Civitas Philippi and Heraclea in Thrace, those Appian and Flaminian ways, prodigious works all may witness, and rather than they should be idle, as those Egyptian pharaohs Maris and Sisostris did, to task their subjects to build unnecessary pyramids, obelisks, labyrinths, channels, lakes, gigantic works all, to divert them from rebellion, riot, drunkenness. Quo scilicet alantur, et ne vagando laborare desuescant. End of section 12